0: Don't forget to check out Nerd to Know Bases here on Phoenix 92.5 FM with myself, Daryl O'Connor and Bryn O'Rourke for everything nerd culture, video games, comics and so much more. That's Nerd to Know Basis 5pm to 6pm every Saturday here on 92.5 Phoenix FM. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan
1: Centre, this is Phoenix FM.
2: The internet is a communications
3: tool used the world over, where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the nerd index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the
2: clock. This is Sparta! <laughs>
3: All your base are belong to us.
2: No, I- A the, world...
1: <laughs>
2: oh, yes,
1: the balls are inert.
2: And now it begins.
0: Okay, guys, you are listening to Phoenix Note 2.5 FM. This is Nerd to Know Basis every Saturday here at 5 pm phoenix 92.5 fm my name is darwin connor welcome to episode 12 podcast 12 if you are checking us out via the podcast remember guys if you want to check us out you can nerd to know that's nerd the number two no media on uh, soundcloud or on itunes and you'll be able to get every single show which myself and bryn have done uh, and also some shows from WVI Desk or Rest of You on Phoenix 92.5 FM. This is a special show. Um, it's a interview um, with Dean Kane, who played Superman in uh, Lois and Clark from this year's uh, DCC. So, without further ado, this is Bryn to introduce the interview with Mr. Dean Kane from DCC 2018. Hey, this is Bryn from Nerd to No Basis and you can catch me always on twitter at casperincast this is the next panel you're going to be listening to is dean kane's panel from dublin comic-con honestly one of my favorite panels that we got to cover that weekend uh just some really really interesting conversations some great questions asked by some of his fans and yeah i genuinely hope that you guys get to uh, get as much enjoyment out of it as myself and Dara did um so yeah, without further ado, it's uh, Dean Kane's panel from Dublin Comic-Con. Thanks very much, guys.
3: It's Uh-oh. super. Where's Lisa? His, his girlfriend, Lisa. Where's she? Right there? Hi, Lisa. Thank you for showing up. He told me you never show up to his panels ever. And you came today, so thank you. What doing? Thank you. This is not my first trip to Dublin. I was here earlier this year. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, fantastic. Always want to visit. And uh, I'm very
1: happy to be here. You missed our good weather by about a week, I think? I thought this was good weather. <laughs> we had sun for like 20 minutes. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> Look, it would be the Emerald Isle without, you know, a bit of rain. Yeah, that's true,
3: yeah. And I had some rain coming in yesterday. Beautiful. I'd love to. I've been here, like I said, once before. Um, I travel out to Maui. It was pretty beautiful. And uh, I like to see the sort of the coast and the seaside and things like that. It was great. and. Uh, I'll be back here again for sure. Okay. You've got you a little bit of Irish. I do have some Irish, anyway. I don't know the exact percentages because
2: my mom makes stuff up. So, uh, like when we she, when, when, the film Dancing with Wolves came out, she told me I was part Indian. <laughs> it's, it's just not sure. But I, you I know, that I have uh,
3: English, some Welsh, some Irish, and some Japanese, and that's the mix. That's all I got, as far as I know. Until the next movie comes out that my mom decides,
1: I'm okay, part of that. Um, growing up, you your mother was an actress. And uh, was she a big influence in you getting into acting? I know because you went to college, you played football, and
3: football was probably your first love. First but well, first of was Holly, Holly Gayle. She broke my heart at this point, yeah, uh, <laughs> we all you know, it's one thing as a parent you look at as, you, as you're, you know, your children. And you know their heart is going to get broken probably 99% of the time. It's going to happen to every one of us. And my son's 18. It hasn't happened to him yet, but it's going to happen. And he just hated it. But uh, my first love was sports. It was football for sure. Um, I-, I loved all athletics, but football was a particular love of mine. I didn't. I knew I was going to work in the film world. That I wasn't exactly sure. And it wasn't. My, my mother's an actress, but my father's a film director. So I grew up... Um, surrounded by film all the time. Although it's just, I, I thought that everybody <laughs> grew up surrounded by film because all the people that I knew were actors and such. I grew up with um, kids like Rob Lowe and Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez and th- th- we all grew up with those guys, right? Yeah, no, yeah. But I did But they all became, they weren't actors. They had Sean Penn. These guys weren't actors. They were just, uh, Sean was a great sir. Um I played baseball with Charlie, things like that. So they. Uh, as time went on, they started acting. I, I went to college and, and watched them all become famous and, a, you know, start having a career it make these big mistakes. Both, a lot of them made a lot of mistakes. And um, it was really interesting to see what they were doing. My dad was directing movies. He directed a film called Young Guns that had a lot of those guys in it. And uh, I just would see one of my sons. I went to Princeton University in New Jersey, and my friends in the, in the, um, the summer breaks, they would go be, uh, do internships for... Wall Street banks and things like that. They wear suits and work 80 hours a week. Like, this, this is not the job I want. So I would go visit my dad's sets. And I thought, this is a lot more fun. So I decided I would start working at home. And that's kind of where that, that came from. Growing up on sets and being around all the time. It was much more appealing to me than sitting in an office. You were almost a Buffalo Bill. I was a Buffalo Bill. Buffalo <laughs> Yeah, I played for the Buffalo Bills in the NFL for one season.
1: I was injured early on. And then... Uh, and then had to find something else to do. You mentioned uh, some famous people you went to school with, and who have made some mistakes as they go. <laughs> if how did you avoid making the same mistakes, or
3: were you conscious of the mistakes they were making? I was very conscious of the mistakes they were making. You know, it's 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 funny to see that kid you grow up with suddenly be on the cover of People magazine as you know the most beautiful man in the world. You're like Charlie. <laughs> how did Charlie become the most beautiful man in the world? the uh, sexiest man in the world, well, you're like, dude, you're not that sexy. You're just not. But it, it's an odd thing to see. that. So I was able to see what the press and fame can do and sort of what that's about and, and realize the fallacy behind it, realize how ridiculous it was and how tenuous that fame was because if you make a big mistake, you're the guy who did this or did that. Uh, and I was an athlete. I, and I, and I went to college. Not, none of those guys went to college, not a single one to university and I went off and did that, was an athlete, got to the NFL, and then by the time all of that was done, then I started getting into film. And so I, I just didn't tend to make the same mistakes. I don't think I ever would have. You know, I love Charlie Sheen, but uh, he's a bit of a wild one. And <laughs> I he's done some things um, throughout the years that, that I would have never done. So uh, I did learn from their mistakes, uh, but I tend to not Generally, make those same mistakes. Maybe I got a little lucky. The internet wasn't so big when I was in college. We could do stupid things, and it would never be immortalized on Snapchat or Instagram. Thank you,
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> having Hollywood in your family, or having acting in your family, and a director in your family, did that make it easier to get into into uh, being an actor? Did it provide you any benefits? Or? Well, the choice, most the biggest benefit it provided me was just knowledge of the film industry. Um,
3: you understand how things work and, you know, as an actor, you can be, you can work hard all day, every day studying your craft and never get a job, you can, that can happen, and, you know, if any other profession or any other job, you work all day and you study real hard and you, you stay persistent, you're going to have success at some point in time. That doesn't necessarily translate into the world of film. Um, having grown up on film sets and understanding film made it easier for me, but my father, When I said I was going to be an actor, he had three pieces of... Three words of advice for me. Anybody know what those three words are? Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) And he was right. I understand why. As a father, you don't want your child to be ridiculed. You don't want them up there for everybody to look at and go, oh, you know, they did a terrible job in this film. They were dumb in this film. You know, your anonymity is completely gone. You make a mistake. Excuse me. In real life... And it's magnified a thousand times over. The whole world knows about it. That's... Uh, the, with the internet today, everybody kind of has that moment. You do something, you know, on your on your Instagram or Twitter, and you can become famous in a night. Yeah. Um, or you, put, you post something, and that could become famous that didn't exist back then. And so, he didn't want that for me. He didn't want people judging me all the time. And I appreciate that. It's the kind of thing... To be an actor, you have to really want to do it. Yeah. He, he didn't really help me. It as an actor, he just uh, he's still. I'm a writer and I started as a writer. And he told me probably <clears throat> about season three of Lois Part. And and he goes, You can be an actor for the rest of your life, and you'll never be as good an actor as you are a writer right now. I said, I know there's a compliment in there somewhere, man. <laughs> uh, but but he meant it, and, I, and I've written 20 pictures with him. Oh, of episodes, so he is he is uh, continue to have me write for him, and I love the writing episodes of Lois Part uh right there the and I really enjoy that. Because you can do that at home in your underwear. And I like to be at home in my underwear. Um, I also like to be you know outdressed in the superhero sure. possible but I underwear on the outside too. Uh um, <laughs> you Ed, has your soul never expressed any interest in being after him? would you give him the same three words I say don't do it. Um, he has in fact he's been in a lot of films that I that I've been in. Uh, he enjoys being on set He's 18. He doesn't really have a clear idea of what he wants to do yet. So he, uh, if I had him on set with me, he'll, he'll produce. He's, he's actually produced one film with me, um, where he's sort of been my glorified system. But that's a, that's a good way for him to start. around it. So if he wants to be an actor, sure. But he's got to really want it. I don't think that you know. I don't know where he's going to go. But if he wants to be an actor, you know, of course I will support him. If he decides to be a producer, I'd really
1: support him because then he can hire me. <laughs> Speaking of being hired, what's your memories of your very first role? What is your very first role?
3: What are your memories of Well, for me, it's unfair
2: because I started so early. And, uh, and it wasn't that I was a young child actor, it's that my dad was a director.
3: And when you make small films, you'll grab everybody. You, so much so, you know, they're they're a grip, and they're like, we need you over here, you're going to be an actor in this scene. I'm like, what? Because that's how it gets done. It's a very familial thing. So he started putting me in movies when I was five years old, I think, the first time. I was in a movie and I, you know, got a snowball fight. That was fun. And uh, he always stuck me in these films uh, as as we were growing up. But I didn't think anything of it. I just did it because Dad told me to do it. And uh, I didn't think about being an actor until I was getting into college, and I realized that I couldn't play football forever. You start to realize you're mortal. And uh, even footballers kind of play football forever. It's very, very short stuff. Very, very short, short the short bit. short shelf life. I've had six surgeries uh, now, and, and i only played, you know, half a season, even half a season in the NFL. But I had it, 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 there's a lot of injuries in American football. There just is. It's a big contact sport. And so I started realizing that I wasn't going to have a, you know, 30 year career. And I was going to find something else to do. And I love the world of film. I mean. What a great job, you go, to, you go and you pretend every day, you tell stories, you can teach people things, you can make them feel something, laugh or cry or, you know, frighten them, it's a great way to make a living, and it's a tough way to make a living But uh, because you're unemployed after every movie or every show, but it's a, it's a wonderful way to make a living
1: and how we change a thing. What did you learn in those early years? What were the main lessons that you take in those early years? Oh, well, it's, it's a it's marathon,
3: not a sprint. And that's, when, when I first met um, Melissa Benoist and she was going to play Supergirl and I was coming on the show in a very pilot episode, that's the thing that I told her, I said, look, this is a marathon, not a sprint. If you're going to go, you know, you're going to be on set 18 hours a day, every day, your whole life is going to be
2: on set. Take your time. Don't try to rush through this. Don't try to, you know, you just to, it's, it's,
3: it's such a grind. It will wear you down and wear you out. So my best piece of advice um, for actors who are on a series is to just, it's a marathon, not a sprint. My best piece of advice for any actor is is just don't give up. Uh, And don't believe the press, whether it's good or bad. Because you're going to get both no matter what. So if you're going to believe your good reviews, then you might believe your bad reviews. And uh, I don't even read the bad reviews. I just read the good ones. I pretend everybody loves me. It makes me happy. It's
1: a better way to go. Before we get into those in I know that's what everybody's going to want to hear. I need to ask you about the episode of Beverly Hills on the 2 Ah, yes. 90% of you were running alive when I did that episode. <laughs> I just, just I never watched Beverly Hills on two 2-0, but what I've been told about the episode and I watched it. And I watched the scene... What was it wasn't one episode? episode. I did four. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. Dang it. The episode that we're talking about is the one where uh, Sean is doing a really really bad French accent. Was that difficult to get you that scene at the, uh, in the restaurant?
3: She was not real
1: happy with her French
3: accent even when we were doing it. Um, I think they sort of sprung that on her. Uh, <laughs> no, I was just happy to be on the show. Um, it was the most popular show in the world sort of at that time. It was massive and uh, it was great fun. I was excited to be there. Um, I remember thinking, thank God I don't have to do the French accent uh, because that's I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't do it much better, I don't think. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing I did on that show, um, and Luke Perry was the first one to teach it to me. Was I was the new actor sort of on the show. I'd been around for a few episodes and had been there, but I'd never worked with any of the other actors, just Shannon. And so I didn't know the other actors, but then uh, I came on set one day and Luke was there, because we were back in Beverly Hills, not in Paris, when my character started. And he comes over to me, he sees me, he comes over and he Hey, thank you so much for all the great work you do on the show, really appreciate you having on board, uh, you're, you're doing a great job, thank you so much. I was like, wow, that made me feel so welcome. And so every time I am on a show, a show that's mine and a new actor comes on, I do the exact same thing, that make, you want to be comfortable, you want people to know that you're happy that they're there, and because without the other actors, you know, your show kind of goes downhill. And so I thought that was a really a wonderful thing to learn, and Jason Priest did the same thing. And I, and I learned a thing from my peers there that was, you know, be very welcoming and warm to your fellow actors coming in, because it makes you feel comfortable. Lois and Mark,
2: how did that come about? How did, you, how did you find out about the role? How did you get the
3: role uh, You know, I've been acting for a while, I've done some matter to and Oath and some other shows, and so, um, you kind of know that, you know, your you, you're sort of time is coming up, you're going to get a real shot at, uh, at your own show. I thought it was going to be a smelling show, because Mr. Spelling would sort of have a little stable of actors that you keep using. Them. And, and <clears throat> I thought it was going to end up on the Melrose Place or something like that. And then um, they said, oh, there's a new Superman show coming out. I thought, Superman? No way. You know, because it seemed so odd. There were no superhero shows. There was no Supergirl. There was no Arrow. There was no Flash. That stuff wasn't on the air. And the last thing we had seen were, was in the early 80s was uh, some Superman films and Christopher Reed was my Superman. And I thought that was fantastic and they said they were going to do a new version of Superman. I thought they good. Uh, I read the script and I thought, hey, this is pretty interesting. This is fun. So I was the first actor who came in to read for the producers. And the uh, producer Robert Butler was known to be the guy, if he did your show, he knew it was playing go the series. He was great. The Hill Street Blues and a lot of other shows. The guy was a legend. When I came into a little tiny room, and it was him, and it was Deborah Joy Levine, and the casting director, and myself. And they were sitting on the couch, they were kind of squished in this little couch. And I said, hey. I said, hey, how are you? Good. I read the script last night. I thought it was really interesting. I think I had a different take on it. And Robert Boba said, okay, let's see it." We read the scenes, and he said, thank you. And I left. I thought, alright. I guess, you know, I thought, well, well I, don't, I don't know. You usually hear something right away. I didn't hear anything. One week, two weeks go by, and I thought, okay, that was fun give it a shot, but I had 17 other auditions after that, you know, doing that, and all of a sudden uh, I was at a party one night, and my buddy comes over and goes, Hey, you know, Tracy works over in the casting over Laura Parts Television, they said they really love you for the Superman thing.
2: I was like, what? Wow,
3: that was weeks ago, I forgot about it. And they had, I was the first person they had seen, they saw thousands of actors, and then they kind of brought a number of us back in, and started to pair us up, having us work on different scenes, different people. Terry was one of the girls in there, I never worked with her never was paired up with her, and uh, we finally got to the, well, it got to an area where they kept bringing different people back, and they finally wrote a scene one night, and they got it to us, and they said, "This we're going to do this tomorrow, and this is what I knew I could do well, when I, when I had it, was the scene was that uh, Lois um, comes over to Clark's house, she's inebriated, and she's ready to go. <laughs> Open. He opens the door and she kisses him, we're right then and there, and then proceeds to try and seduce him, and he tries to be a good guy, even though he wants to really bad. Then I was like, I get the role, I got it, I got it, this is it, I'm perfect. And so I went in there and did that scene, and it went great, and then I went to network, and, and I ended up getting the role. Well, they had cast, there's three girls that they brought to uh, be Lanes, and there were two guys to be Superman. And the Superman guys were myself and Kevin Sorbo. And I love Kevin, great guy, but he's blonde-haired, right? I was like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> he's got blonde hair. He never <laughs> superman with blonde hair. Uh, and and uh, it turned out that I got him, which was great. Uh, and, then, and then they didn't cast a Lois. And I read with the other two girls who were up with Lois, and, but I didn't read with Terry. Um, so they cast me on Thursday. And then that following Monday, they made me come in and read in front of the network with ten different Loises. And they all were doing that same scene where Lois bursts in the door and kisses Clark in the mouth and tries to seduce me. So all day long, <laughs> I had to have the door burst open a girl kiss me in the mouth and pursue me and uh, have to try her nail. Tough day at the office. <laughs> uh, and uh, Terry was the last one. And she was, uh, she was the best at everything. <laughs> uh, she was, I would,
2: well, you know, you know, you know, you see the kissing and stuff, and you wonder, I wonder, if so and so, so, so is a good kisser? She's a fantastic kisser. Exactly. Uh, so that made those things a lot easier. Can you imagine how awful that would be if
3: you had to kiss someone that was uh, no, no, don't. Someone you were looking to partner right that Hmm. No, don't do that. Uh, but uh, she was fantastic. She was the best actress of the bunch, and she was the best kisser. It was a great chemistry, and, I, and I, I think that goes to you know, it's lucky. You don't know if you're going to have great chemistry on, on screen together. In fact, you see husband and wife teams go on screen together you're like, Ooh, no chemistry. And then
2: go, Ooh, they're married.
1: Your Clark Kent was really cool. And Clark Kent? Yes. And Christopher Reeve, his Clark Kent was very sort of bumbling and, and, and nerdish. And at the time, John Byrne, and the comic books had sort of revamped Superman, so Clark Kent was, was less of a bumbling fool and more assertive, and he was more confident, and he was a little bit more of a ladies' man. Were you aware of that change, and were you aware um, that many people wouldn't have seen such a cool Clark Kent before? No, <laughs> no idea. Because Lois Clark took a different um,
3: approach to the show, or to the Superman legend, if you will. And that Clark Kent was the real person, and he put on a disguise. To be Superman, so he could do those things and then maintain some anonymity. I thought that was a great take. So for us, it was Clark Kent was the real character, and Superman was the the man of action and the superhero. And I, I thought that was great. I didn't like no offense, Christopher Reeve in his version. He was amazing. He was my Superman. In fact, when I played Superman, I always kind of thought I was pretending to be Christopher Reeve. I mean, happened or it not, so it's what was stuck in my head from being a kid. And um, uh, but. But the, the Clark part, I understand why I did that. I wanted to make it seem like you couldn't tell one from the other. But I mean, hey, come on. <laughs> it's the glasses. Uh, <laughs> so, so I just thought it was a great take on that. And that Superman was the disguise. And, uh, that was great. And, and I, I didn't want to play the bumbling. I wouldn't have wanted to play the bumbling Clark. I could, you know, speak sweet and he could be goofy, but not, not a bumbler.
1: I didn't like that. You worked with some great actors on the show. Have you any stories with any of those actors that you're allowed to tell us? Well, yeah, of course. Well, one of the things is
3: the first time anybody came on the show, every single time they were there, you know, it's Tony Curtis. I just go, Mr. Curtis, sir, very nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, Raquel Welch comes on the show. You meet so many wonderful people, so many wonderful actors. And there's something I've learned with, uh, you know, being around great actors and people, is I just kind of shut my mouth and listen to them. And if they start to tell stories, it's the greatest because they have the best stories with people. But you know, you know, me and Humphrey Bogart were standing around and he's like, "Wow, really just take it." In. And I sense great respect for for them and for the history of film and and television. I just find that fascinating. Um, you know, you, when you watch actors work, everybody works differently. Everybody works differently, and um, what works for one person might not work for you. And I try to borrow things from people that I thought were fantastic and things that I could incorporate into my own style. But, uh, you know, I don't recall, I do recall, I got the kiss Raquel Welch, right? So I called my dad from, from the set, and I'm like, hey dad, guess what I did today? He was like, I don't know, you flew around, you were playing Susan I So I got the kiss Raquel Welch. It was dead quiet for about six seconds or so, and I think he might have went through every emotion on oh, no. <laughs> <bersamamney> the, um, <laughs> AI- the planet and then he started laughing. Laughing hysterically at the thought of his son being able to kiss Raquel Welch. So um, but Anne Margaret was his love. So if I had been able to kill kiss Anne Margaret he would have lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> but stuff like that was just amazing. and surreal yeah. and just uh, a tremendous amount of fun.
1: Very good. Um, you all tell you know, Ron- kissing stories, don't you? <laughs> What's <laughs> the deal? Um, they're funny. Who doesn't love a good kissing story? I wish I had one. That you have that funny you kissy know kissing stories, young man?
3: No, not yet. <laughs> you?
1: <laughs> That's a perfect answer, sir. Of the main cast, uh, the recurring cast, and who was your favorite to work with? Well, did Terry obviously one of my I didn't like any of them. I promise. <laughs> uh, next question. <laughs>
3: well, Terry obviously she was she's a fantastic actor. Um, uh, Lane Smith was amazing. Uh, Terry White, yeah, he was so much fun. He was one of those guys that I would watch all the time and ask questions. He would give me really sage advice. He wouldn't give much advice. He wouldn't offer me too much, as it, as it is. And he would go through something, he'd give me a little piece of advice here, a little big nuggets of gold, if you will. And it was great. He was fantastic. So many great guest actors to come on. Um, the, the show becomes like a family. It really does. It, it said a lot when you hear about you know, people talk about their shows, but they really need to become a family you cast and crew. You spend 18 hours a day with the same 50 people every day, so it, you tend to be pretty tight. Um, but I like working with, like work with all the actors. The Jimmy Olsons were a lot of fun because they were young. When I wrote episodes, I was always trying to write big B stories. So I was trying to give myself a day off, but I never got them. And, uh, but I, I like to explore with the other characters
1: you were doing, too, it was fun. Uh, but we didn't get to do that much, because it was always the Wilson's art. Jimmy changed, not the series, but the was their own reason for that and was it difficult to, to find the same rapport that you had with the original with the original uh, actor? It, it was interesting uh,
3: that suddenly the actor was gone because I was all still so brand new. Um, and I don't know what the reasoning was behind it or why it happened. Um, but uh, it made me go, wow, check swap, they're going to swap out Superman, they're going to swap me out. Uh, fortunately they didn't do that, but <laughs> I, I'd have been, been down in New Zealand playing Hercules, Hercules <laughs> real fast. Uh, you know, that something that happens makes you realize, wow, okay, you are replaceable. And, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't hard. Uh, Justin was already an Emmy-winning uh, actor. He's a very good, uh, uh, very good actor, very good and capable actor. So it took a little bit just to go out, okay, with different people. You know, when a show starts, there are, there's always cast changes. They always move people in move them out. And, I mean, if you watch like, the pilot episode of a lot of shows, it's completely different than what the show really becomes. Like if you watch Friends, the pilot episode, Joey was supposed to be like the cool, sexy guy, not the funny guy. You know, not the bumbly funny guy, but then as time goes on the characters develop differently. And
1: so that's what happens. And you continued your association with the Superman franchise uh after Logan Clark, you were in Smallville, and you're currently in um, Supergirl. Alright, well done. Super fun. Yes. How does it feel to be part of the Arrowverse and many fans would, would think it's probably better than the current DC movie universe? Me, Me included. I am, man. It's, it's, it's great, great to see you. It's yeah. great to see you in, in super how, how are you finding that? Oh, it's great fun. Well, listen, it all started with uh, Christopher
3: Reeve guest starring on Smallville. Yeah. When he did that, it was my superman, you know, and he did it obviously from his wheelchair uh, incredible. And so the door was open for the rest of us to sort of go and do that. And, so when uh, I was able to find something to do in Smallville, I was quite happy to do that, and great fun. And then when I had a chance to come on Supergirl, <clears throat> I, I embraced it. Yeah, you'll hear actors go, you know, I played that role, I don't want to talk about that role anymore, and then blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, I, I played Clark, you know, 21, 21 years ago is the last I played it. Most of you weren't here. You guys definitely weren't here. <laughs> You non-kissing guys. Um, so, um, it, you know, it's been a, it's, it's, it's a long time in between, but I, I don't mind talking about the role I embraced that I did. So in the same vein, I love being part of the whole world. So to come back and play Supergirl's father, brilliant, a lot of fun. It, it's funny to see the different, you know, verses of superheroes, whether it's Tom Holland or, or, or Melissa Benoist. Um, I will say this, though, the costumes have gotten much cooler. I had Spandex. And like a wool cape. What are the costumes made out of that? This like really cool rubbery material, like muscles were built in. And, like, <clears throat> I was sitting next to Melissa and we were between scenes. And I was just looking at her costume. Touch it. <laughs> She's like, that's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And then at a moment, like, we were out we were working one night, and it was late, it's Vancouver, and it's rainy. You guys don't know about that here, but it was raining dreary and uh, the lights were shining she was backlit, and she's walking up and she's got her cape on, which was a cooler cape than mine, it's made of like a rubbery material and it's like back to the back to her knees and she's walking up and I see her silhouette and I was like, wow,
1: that's amazing. And you know, you get those moments, which is, which is very fun, but those guys, even like in any gavel suit, I mean that's all, it's, it's just different, it's a cooler material, it's not just tights. <laughs> so if we come back for a Lawson Park reboot, I'm eating a cooler suit. I'm going to be in much better shape magically. <laughs> Before I open the floor up to questions, because I know they probably have better questions than I do. just want to talk about your charity work, you do a lot of work with kids, and what does that mean to you? And did you into that? Well, when you become a parent,
3: the world changes, and it's cliché to say but it's true, and any parent sitting out there knows that you're suddenly not the most important in the world. Uh, Your child is, and your health and
2: well-being of your child is. And then I've been fortunate enough to travel the world. I I
3: travel everywhere. And I get to see the situation for a kid in the slums in Kenya and Kibera, or to be in Vietnam and seeing kids who have been affected by Agent Orange back in the day from the Vietnam War, and they call it the American War. To hear that is different. To see the kids in different places, you realize just how vulnerable you are as a child and it's anything I can do to help kids stems from being a being a parent and having that sort of compassion for, for kids. I mean they're the they're the innocent ones and they come in and they have no um, you know say in the matter whether they get sick or the conditions they're under so help kids at any point in time I'll I'll do it. There's just no
2: there's no if, ands, or buts
3: about it. That's great. That's really incredible. Okay. Yeah. So,
2: definitely, definitely. Okay, sure. but there's
3: some really great things you can do I mean I can literally do charity causes 24 hours a day 7 days a week there's so many great things out there and that, that's hard too is because you don't want to stretch yourself too thin I have to be a father first and then make sure to move it on but, it, but, it's, it, but it's great fun to
1: be able to to help uh, shine light on causes and then help people that's pretty much nice. okay, questions on. so who's got a question? there's a microphone here and a microphone just. Is-
0: okay so you're catching us on the podcast and you want to find out well what if i want to listen live and i'm not in ireland well the TuneIn app has you covered that's tune in just look for phoenix 92.5 fm and you'll be able to check us out live don't forget if you want to contribute to the conversation go over to twitter nerd2no 92.5 is our twitter that's nerd2 the number two no 92.5 is our twitter for the show if you want to chime in you can Every Saturday, 5pm to 6pm, here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Do you like wrestling? Then what are you waiting for? Check out the Rescue International Desk this Tuesday and every Tuesday on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 8pm to 9pm, with myself, Daryl O'Connor, and my co host, Reno O'Rourke, bringing you over 300 editions of the show and counting. The Rescue International, Phoenix 92.5 FM. Don't forget to check out Nerd to Know Bases here on Phoenix 92.5 FM with myself, Daryl O'Connor, and Bryn O'Rourke for everything nerd culture, video games, comics, and so much more. That's Nerd to No Bases, 5 PM to 6 PM every Saturday here on 92.5 Phoenix FM. Broadcasting from the Blanchistan
1: Center. This is Phoenix FM.
2: The internet is a communications
3: tool used the world over, where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the nerd index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the
2: clock. This is slaughter.
3: All your bases are blown to us.
2: No, I- Let's go
1: will... oh, yes, The balls are inert.
2: <laughs> and now it begins.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 Sure. But there's some really great things you can do. I mean I could literally do charity causes twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. There's so many great things out there. And that, that's hard too, is because you don't want to shut yourself too thin. I have to be a father first and then make hey, sure to move it on, but it, but it's good, it, but it's great fun to be able to to help uh, shine a causes
1: and, and help people. That's pretty much. It. Okay. Questions on. So who's gonna answer? There's a microphone here and a microphone just in the aisle. Of the I don't know if there's. Is there any uh, Comic Con staff there that can just help guide you down to the, uh, the microphones? We'll go right, left, right, left. So right first. That's your left, Oh, right. oh yeah. <laughs> uh, hi. So you have a big influence in the DC Universe, but personally, would you prefer Marvel or DC? <laughs> and how, how would your involvement in the DC Universe affect your answer?
3: Uh, alright, I'll say this, um, DC hasn't called me to do any films, uh, neither has Marvel. So whoever calls first wins. (laughs) Uh, Marvel, in the film world, has been kicking DC's butt for the last decade or so. Um, two of my favorite, um, films, superhero films, um, uh, my three favorites, two of them are Marvel and one of them is a DC, I will tell you what those are. Um, Marvel, uh, it was Deadpool. <laughs> and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Funny, humorous, um, but still had, you know, a lot of story to tell. And
2: they are very fun, but you have to have, I really feel like there needs to be humor and romance and things. So those things make those,
3: both those films. I think, wonderful. And then uh the DC film was uh Wonder Woman. Because yeah. I would literally watch with a, got a drink a glass of water for an hour and a half. What so a great film this is. <laughs> Look at the way she just drinks that water. <laughs> uh, but those are my favorites uh the lunch. And so yeah, I, I would uh I would do it'd be fun to cross over just with and do something on Marvel. Um but I would love to see the DC family, but they need to call me.
1: <laughs> Thank you. First question, he's in trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was speaking to you earlier, you were saying that transferred you know, away from the Comic-Con crowd you know, to all people. I was wondering, you were saying you were, would do
1: the you know, reboot of Lois and Clark, but would you want to play it the way that uh, Henry Carver has to play it now? Would you no. as much? <laughs> no, Henry, I, I think Henry
3: Cavill is a very good actor. He does a great job I mean, he sort of looks the part and he plays it very well. And the Zack Snyder universe is so dark. Um, That I would prefer not to. I I don't like the dark, angsty Superman as much as I like the more fun uh, Superman that that, uh, loves Earthlings and would die before he would allow a human life to be taken. Uh, It's a different, a different thing, a different guy. I prefer that that version of of Superman for sure. I think um, I think it'd be really fun to do a reboot. Of Los though, I think that would be great fun. But to tell you truth, getting younger than Carvel? Thank you, sir. Uh, Somebody recording that? I want that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Caesar. I can count on you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, he's a really nice guy. Great guy. Big, big, strong guy. And uh, I, I think in the last, the last film, he kind of came a little bit closer to Superman. I'd like to see. Uh, but it's a dark, it's a dark universe, uh, which is unfortunate. And I'd love to see it uh, done uh, in a lighter way. I'd love to see a reboot of *Lois and Bart. I'd love to see Lo- *Lois and Clark*. I'd love to catch up with them, uh, twenty, two, three, whatever years with the son. i you would like them to have a couple of kids, son and daughter, and they have some superpowers and you know some nascent superpowers. They're trying to figure them out.
2: I gotta talk to the old man, figure out what's going on. And Lois and me would still be married. I think that'd be really fun to catch up with them, And then have the, the first four seasons uh, as well, on
3: like Netflix or something like that. Because my son doesn't even watch television. He's 18 years old, so he's like, yeah, let's watch something. I'm like, Okay, yeah, let's watch something. He flips on Netflix and we
2: start looking for some shows. And that's how a lot of the young folks watch TV, I guess these So I'd love for them to be able to rediscover Lois and Clark. I think, I think it holds up.
3: The stories hold up. The special effects, you know, They've gotten better since then, but I still think it's they're, they're classic. <laughs> the, 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 the classic.
1: they the classic, but... God, I can't believe I'm involved in the classics. How'd that happen? Hi. Uh, so you've had a wonderful and magical career. Not only have you played one of the most iconic superheroes of all time, but you've also been in countless kind of Christmas movies, you've hosted the likes of Masters of Illusion and our believe it or not. So, what's the, the weirdest or most magical Or wonderful thing that's happened to you personally in your life? Oh, that's simple. Uh, Being a father.
2: The greatest thing I've ever ever been a part of. Um, It's... You know, your life
3: goes through phases. You know, there's the elementary school phase. There was the high school phase. The college phase. Just after college. And then the phase of parenthood. Uh, It's been the greatest, most difficult thing I've ever been a part of. Uh, But that think me being a parent is the the single most wonderful thing i uh, we've been a part of, and um, it kind of makes everything make sense, and uh, I, I think it's just, it, it's incredible, and uh, I've been really blessed with a wonderful child, and and I, with a career that I could put on the you know, set certain restrictions so on father first, and then have my career as, at the same time, and be able to keep it up. The last 19 years, I've been very specific on what I can take and will take, and it, it all dealt with the amount of time I would spend away from my son as a single father, because I'm a single father. So I do everything. Um, but I had to learn to cook and do everything and do all that, and, and so I, I I, run the whole household. My dad, my mom will come over sometimes and I'll cook him dinner and things. And my dad said, Dean, you're going to make someone a very good wife someday. And I said, Thank you, Dad. And then I poisoned food. <laughs> I would not do such a thing, openly. <laughs> uh, but being a father, Thank you. Good
1: question. All right. um, okay. This isn't my question, but I just want to put it out there. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I've never seen Lois and Clark. Leave this for the meeting. Okay, okay. You, weren't you weren't born. Yeah, I wasn't born, so you can't blame me. You just blame my parents. Yes, your parents are.
3: have to um, start talking too. But
1: my question is that. Um, you play Supergirl's father, and I just love Supergirl so much. I am girl heart. Yeah! <laughs> so, like, my question is, will you be coming back into the series? Well, I, I certainly hope
3: so. Uh, I didn't appear in Season 3. Um, there was, I, it sometimes comes out of scheduling. And, um, even this year, they're shooting Season 4 now. I'm working straight through November. So I don't, uh, you know, if they want me to do something in December, we'll have to talk about it. But I'd love to. I, I don't like to have unfinished storylines, i.e. Lois and uh I like to have it wrapped up nicely, and I like to have that as a fan. I like that when I watch the television show, and as an actor, uh, I want to see that. So I'd love to find out what happened to Dr. Jeremiah Danvers. I'd like to see the full circle story. I'd, like to, I'd love to come back and, 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 and do more and figure out what's going on there. Um, I love working with a bunch. David Harewood is a fantastic actor, and it's a lot of fun to work with him. Uh, Melissa is amazing, and Kyler Lee uh, is fantastic. She was uh, amazing in Glee. I've seen her
1: in fantastic
3: Yeah, she's fantastic. They're all, they're all very, very talented actors, so I'd love to go back there and, and figure out what happened to Dr. Danvers. So uh, I certainly hope so. That's, that's, cert- that's the best I can do for an answer. There's no current plans, but we'll see what happens.
1: Right, because I, I, I'm just like itching because it's itching my head here. Like, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Where is he? Me too.
3: I want to know where he is. I mean, if they want to, I'll write
1: the for I feel so sorry for Alex, you know?
3: Yeah, exactly. I, I'm going to rewrite it and it's going to be
1: Supergirl's dad. <laughs> have, have you ever taught a play in, um, do you know that uh, show, we have going coming soon? hmm Have you ever taught us uh, auditioning for that? <laughs> to play the guy? No, uh, to play Superman. <laughs> to play Superman style. Uh, you know, that's... That,
3: you don't know, you never know. Uh, I've heard about the show, they've, they've talked, they've reached out about a couple of things, so we'll see what happens there. It's interesting to go from being Superman to Supergirl's dad, and then next up to be like someone's granddad. And then I'll be the granddad's granddad, and then uh, maybe the comfortable of the of uh, space. I'll right? do it, I'll do it. Uh, uh,
1: Race that all the way through. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. So just our family. Wait, wait, is that Spider-Man's? That's right. <laughs> it is. Um, our family likes to watch the dog you saved movies uh, at our uh, holiday, and we're kind of interested in how you got into them and when can we see them because they're amazing. The, so the the, the dog the, the dog that saved Christmas, <laughs> New Year's, the
3: day, the lights, the stage. Uh, when you when you're a parent, you want to make films that you're you're. Kids can watch, and so that sort of came through. When I, when I had my son, I was watching all these kids' movies, and a friend of mine said, "Hey, come be one of our kids' movies, things." And so I made a whole bunch of kids' movies, and I thought they were great fun. And they are what they are; they're silly and they're fun, and um, I enjoyed I enjoyed those. And my son could be on set, and his friends would watch the films, and they thought it was great. Um, it's funny; fame is an interesting thing too, is because you're, you're known as playing Superman, and then I was doing a show, Ripley, Ripley's is It or not. And then I have a different show here. I remember going, just because she's Superman, doing Ripley's Believe It or Not, going into an airport in Atlanta, a little kid comes up and goes, hey, you're, I expect to be the Superman, because you're the guy from Ripley's Believe It or Not. And I went, wow, that's how fast. It switches. And then like someone else goes, oh, you're Supergirl's dad. And then the parent goes, well, he used to play Superman. And the kid just has this look on his face like, what? <laughs> Uh, it's fun to see that happen. Um, so I love doing those movies. I love all the Christmas movies. They're wonderfully fun to do. Um, uh, Christmas is my favorite season. A, I wrote one of the episodes of Loves and Funk that I wrote was a Christmas episode. There's so many great things. One of my favorite movies in the entire world is, is It's a Wonderful Life. And that movie, just something about that there's a magic thing about Christmas time and
2: family being together, and I love that. So uh, I'll continue to make those fun little dog movies, I'll make
3: uh, I like making Family Fair, and I like making that the Hallmark movies, and uh, um, I'll just I'll keep doing everything. That's great news. if can watch all of them. thank you. Cheers. Spider Man. The <laughs> new <laughs> Spider Man: Homecoming. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Really enjoyed that too. That kid is very good.
1: And another Brit. <laughs> <laughs> and the way that you've appeared in subsequent Superman shows, uh, Adam West. Had a cameo in Dawson Clark back in the day, a small cameo. Did you ever meet him or what was that like? Sure, I got I to meet him. I got to meet so many people. Adam, I knew I Adam
3: for a long time. Uh, a true gentleman. When you go back and watch those, those they're so great. I love, you know, when they do the new 60 groovy dancing, the Groovy 60 Dancing, that stuff. So those episodes just cracked me up. Bob, um, interesting time that was. He was a really nice man. Um, and I uh, I'm sorry he passed, but a uh, really lovely, lovely man, and it, I wanted to hear stories, you know? And anytime uh, you get those guys on set, if you get them to start telling stories, they're unbelievable. We had Jack Larson on set who played Jimmy Olsen to uh, to George Reeves. Oh my gosh, the stories. Such good stories. I can't tell them now. <laughs> I want to. If I I was supposed to have a pint of Guinness up here, <laughs> and. I was told that I, they couldn't bring it into the auditorium. I'm so disappointed in Ireland.
1: They <laughs> <laughs> uh, could probably pour one, or probably drink one. I was all excited, but uh, they wouldn't let me have one in here. Um, but, you know, I want to hear this. If I'd have had one of those, I'd have probably told a story. <laughs> I'd probably have told a lot of other stories. I should have told Thank you for not giving me that. Don't forget how many of you I uh, just, first of all, I just want to say uh, Lawson Clark is my favorite version of Superman ever. Uh, you are my favorite version of Superman ever. And Thank you! You're probably the reason i have a journalism degree, so... Alright! Thanks so much. Uh, okay. uh, my question is actually about an episode you wrote, uh, Virtually Destroyed, in Season 3. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, Lex Luthor's son sent and Clark into like a computer world and they realize realized you're in a computer world, and it actually came out three years before The Matrix. So I just wanted to know what your inspiration for that episode was, because it's amazing. I, I've always loved, uh, I'm a gamer. Uh, my son is a big time gamer, too, and I've always loved games. When I first started playing video games, it was home.
3: I was like, this is the greatest game ever. <laughs> my son was like, you guys were really hard up for games. <laughs> uh, and then I loved that idea of, of, of being in those worlds and the idea, the concept of it, and I'm like you know, I played World of Warcraft for years, and um, then I realized it was taking over my life, and I couldn't do that as much. And I still play games with my son all the time. We play games, so we love the gaming world, and love that, and that just opens up that possibility for things being, you know, that, that, that gaming world. So a friend of mine came up with the story. A friend of I together came up with the story for that. And I thought it was great fun because once they realized they're in a computer game. Also, the rules of the outside world didn't apply, so that was kind of fun. So they could do things then that they couldn't do in you getting the picture. Um, so it was, it was great fun. Um, and then I thought The Matrix was just brilliant, brilliant movie-making and certainly a certain step up from that. But that was the idea. That's the kind of thing we were getting into that I thought was so much fun. And I, I thought it would be really fun to tell that side of the story that that uh, allowed you to go in that, in that world. I wish I had done The Matrix. I should have written it. Way to make me realize that I made a mistake. <laughs> uh, uh, but it was just great fun. And that was the thought process behind it. And, and as a filmmaker, as a writer, as a storyteller, it's great to be able to come up with new ideas. And it was
1: pretty new back then. So we have time for one more question, unfortunately. So sorry, I talked too much. Um, hi. Hi. I'm a huge Arrowverse fan. You don't
3: look that huge to me. Either, <laughs> That would be fun. I, you know, there's so many episodes for so many seasons. I would have to do an awful lot of, uh, of watching, I think, in order to do it correctly. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. And uh, the crossover episodes, because they all shoot in Vancouver now. They did Supergirl first season shot in Warner Brothers, uh, where we shot when I was playing Superman. The same, the same lot, and everything that was great. But then they, they're all under the same sort of banner, uh, Great Brandy Productions, Great. Uh, It's a good friend of mine, and a a very great um, creator of content, um, and great writer. Uh, It'd be a lot of fun to do, um, but I would have to do a lot of research before I was able to, you know, because i want to do the characters justice, and they've changed things around. It gets confusing to me in the Arrowverse, when they have, you know, Earth 1, or Earth 2, or 3. That stuff kind of drives my head uh, a little batty. Um, I like to keep everything sort of current. I think crossover stuff would be a lot of fun love to do it, but i have to do an awful lot of research if I were really to do it correctly. Thank you. thank you. Well, thank you all. Thank you. I thought we were about halfway through, so I was kind of whizzing along. You guys are a wonderful bunch of folks and a great audience. And uh, I'm sorry I talked too long. If I had known, I would have had shorter answers. Yes. No. <laughs> 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 that's all we'd like to have gotten through to everybody. But up, I'll be on the table, so come on out, come over and talk and say hello. and I'd love to chat. If you have a Guinness and you pour it and you bring it down there, I won't be upset. Everyone told me, had to, so I, the first time I did come here, I arrived, I went to my hotel, walked around the corner to a pub and had a Guinness. And then I had another one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to sleep.
1: <laughs> I did. I was like, Ooh. okay. Well, that's it's going to be an opposite for, for me personally, and I'm sure everybody to get to talk to you today. Ladies and gentlemen, Dean Cappie.
0: Okay, so you're catching us on the podcast and you want to find out, well, what if I want to listen live and I'm not in Ireland? Well, the TuneIn app has you covered. That's TuneIn. Just look for Phoenix92.5 FM and you'll be able to check us out live. Don't forget, if you want to contribute to the conversation, go over to Twitter. Nerd2No92.5 is our Twitter. That's Nerd2, the number two. No92.5 is our Twitter for the show. If you want to chime in, you can every Saturday 5pm to 6pm here on Phoenix 92.5 FM Do you like wrestling? Then what are you waiting for? Check out the Rescue of you at the Desk this Tuesday and every Tuesday on Phoenix 92.5 FM 8pm to 9pm with myself Darrell O'Connor and my co-host Reno O'Rourke bringing you over 300 editions of the show and counting The Rescue International, Phoenix i2.5 FM.